Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. And Tom Brady with another victory at Gillette Stadium. This is the Patriots Podcast. Welcome in. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? What a familiar script. Tom Brady. Who knew it would be a victor in Foxborough Stadium? Uh, could, couldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we could believe it. We all, all three of us predicted it. But um, you never expect to, to be had the same way that Tom Brady uh, has victimized so many other teams and coaching staffs. What, Ryan? You were you were on site for this. What was the feeling like there? Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, I got to work NFL Sunday Countdown on ESPN, and I was just kind of there and um, doing my work and uh, just being around. The anticipation was. It felt like a Super Bowl atmosphere. Um, the buzz, even early in the morning, 10 a.m. It was just people all over the place. Um, I got to work around Robert Kraft, Teddy Bruschi, Randy Moss. Um, unbelievable. And, and everybody showed up. Um, the who's who of Patriot lore were there. And um, the, the buzz and anticipation going into this game was unlike anything I've ever seen for a regular season game. It's a big one. Sure. <laughs> sure is. Understatement of the of the decade. Uh, everybody, even on TV, Al Michaels is saying, you know, this is the most highly anticipated regular season game in recent memory, all these different things. And it's kind of hilarious because the Patriots were one and two before this game and haven't really looked that good. And so that's probably why us and the rest of America all picked the Buccaneers to win, although the Patriots did cover cover the spread. uh, And we're in it all the way to the end. I mean, the the primary matchup everybody was interested in. Tom Brady going against Bill Belichick. Belichick, the defensive guru. What's he going to dial up? Uh, it looked like he dialed up just about everything. I mean, it, everything looked different except for some of the the cornerback wide receiver matchups. But man, zone blitz, no yeah. blitz, uh, drop drop eight, rush five. It seemed like they had a bit of everything. Yeah, and you know, for the most part, uh, Bill, you know, outside of winning the game, seemed to win the matchup. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing where. It seems like these Patriots coaches and people that have coached for Tom Brady somehow know the formula a little bit of how to get to him or how to keep him on his toes a little bit more than everybody else in the NFL, whether it's Matt Patricia or Brian Flores or, you know, Mangini over the years. And, you know, clearly Bill got to him. Brady went 22 for 43 for only 270 yards, which is probably his worst game of the season this far uh, and worst game in a while, I think. But for me, you know, it was, I was just happy to see, you know, it's a bummer the Patriots lost, but I was really just happy to see that it was a close game. And, you know, what other kind of situation, what more ironic situation could it have been than Mac Jones with two minutes left in a timeout, down by three against Tom Brady, having to do a Tom, having to pull a Tom Brady to beat Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium. I mean, it was like, yeah. the, I, you could have paid, I, you know, I, I don't know what the odds for that are or were, but I'm sure they were like one in a billion, like that it's going to actually be that close and Mac Jones is going to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Any, you know, Mac had a overall pretty good game. I, I think it, it still comes, you know, defense had a really good game too, but it's, it seems to me that Mac isn't the problem with this offense. It's really his supporting cast of characters as we're going to dive into a little bit more here, but that's really the issue is, is, Mac went 31 of 40 for, you know, two touchdowns. He threw an interception that bounced off somebody's hands. I think it was Aguilar's. But, you know, you can't expect any more from a rookie quarterback in my mind. It was raining. That last drive, the rain started really pouring, which sucked. And I was like, oh, here we go. Classic, you know, sky's opening up on us. Football gods are against us tonight. But, you know, the offensive line, the running game, some of the receivers, stuff like that. I mean, things are starting to come together, but the guy need Mac needs more help. And that that's I think what I took out of this game. Well, I think about eighty-five percent of America, including us three, um, all picked the Bucks to win pretty convincingly. And for us to come, you know, in, into this game, albeit uh, the Bucks are a little banged up, um, missing their two starting corners and even later in the game, losing their other starting corner, Carlton Davis. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a pretty solid showing. You know, the defensive game plan, there was a lot of stunts, a lot of uh, 
a lot of one five five, if you will, guys standing up at the line of scrimmage, just kind of confuse, trying to confuse Brady as to where the mic would be, so he could I- identify the mic for uh, pass protection. Uh, Brady seemed a little bit, uh, I don't know if overhyped would be the word, but he had a lot. Definitely of, emotional. It was definitely emotional. You could you could almost see it. There's a lot of overthrows high throws which is kind of a clear indication of uh you know jitters or or hype i don't i don't know how you would define that but he wasn't vintage brady and we had a good game plan for him and that i think that comes with 20 years of bill belichick coaching his the defense in practice against him yeah and and being able to kind of um i wouldn't say cancel him but but nullify him to the extent where we we could actually hang in this game and I mean, we we lost by two, and in the end, it's a one and three, and it's it's a loss, and it's a negative, and they all kind of count the same. But um, you know, I think there's a lot of positives you can take from this game. It's a lot of young pieces on this team, and it's not the worst loss you you could have. Totally, this is the Super Bowl champion from last year, uh, argu- the Super Bowl favorite going into this year, arguably the most talented roster, top to bottom in the NFL. They returned 22 starters for the first time in 40 years from the Super Bowl champion, it's fine to, to play them to uh, within two points right there and within inches on a, a potential field goal at the end, which we'll get to uh, from winning that game. Just to dig in a little bit more for the def- defensive game plan, I remember they, they had this all-out blitz. I want to say it was on like third and eight inside Patriots oh, territory in late, the second half. Late in the game. Late in the game. They went with the all-out blitz. I think they blitzed both safeties. and They both blitzed. Yeah, both safeties up the A-gap. They really haven't blitzed all damn game. And as soon as they did it, Brady yeah. scorched them. If you, the tight end down the seam. Exactly. Uh, great, I believe it was. Yeah. 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 And if you zoom I was in. so pissed at that play. If you look closely, you could see Brady laughing as, as he sees the blitz coming in. He knew it. Yeah, of he course knew it he immediately. Knew it. Of course he knew it. And notice they, they didn't blitz him again the whole night. But they did a, a, a fair amount of three and four man rushes. And what they did is tried to really pack the box. I, I saw this interesting article about the uh, his passing chart on and where it's it's like those shooting charts you see in basketball where the guys hit the shots from. They do that for, for football now, too, which is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like totally even for his whole season, uh, totally across the board, just greens everywhere. And then in this game, they're all outside the numbers. He only hit like two or three passes in the middle of the field because Belichick just packed the middle of the field, forced him to throw outside the numbers. And it really nullified Chris Godwin in the game. We were all texting beforehand. I thought Godwin was going to have a big night, but he operates so much in the center of the field where all the defenders were focused that it turned into a Mike Evans game. And we saw some of the deep shots on the outside to Antonio Brown later on. Later on. Right, right. Uh, uh, Jalen Mills did a fairly decent job on uh, on Godwin as well. Um, Antonio Brown kind of kind of stepped up into that uh, that role. He actually had a huge play that was early in, in the third quarter that got called back for illegal use of hands on Donovan, Donovan Smith, of all people. Um, I think he had his arms wrapped around the face mask of, of Matt Judon. Antonio Brown was kind of the X factor in this game. Even later in the game, he almost had a touchdown on Jonathan Jones. That was uh, yeah, he should have had that. Clearly, Jonathan Jones looked banged up. He had a, like some kind of knee problem. He was trying to get off the field, and it was and his they, hammy. Yeah, they, he sat one play, and and um, Antonio Brown ended up kind of using a pick play to to beat Bethel to the sideline, who was his replacement. Um, you know, I just we can go over the personnel moves a little bit more as we go on, but. For you to have Bethel in there when you have Sean Wade, Jawan Williams, um, some of these other guys on the roster, Miles Bryant, yeah, right? even, Miles Bryant, even he, he dressed right. So it's, he was he he got in a couple plays. It, it's it's surprising to me that Bethel was your your first option after um, Jonathan Jones went out. Yeah, they made it seem like some there were more injuries. I know that Joe Jawan was inactive. I don't know why. I don't know if that was an injury or just a roster decision but um yeah that was very surprising that like you said they didn't go to you know sean wade i know is a young guy but he's long he's got you know got some speed to him surprised you wouldn't throw him out there or miles bryant which we've seen but um it seemed like something else that nullified uh godwin is i kept seeing a safety kind of shade his way and i think it was some kind of double coverage with mills and then um McCordy over the top right I mean I I think there were a lot in like the one or two catches you saw Godwin get McCordy was right there 
kind of waiting in the wings. So um, I think that was a good game plan to shut Godwin down because, you know, Gronk's not there. And Gronk, between Godwin and Gronk, those are Brady's two go-to guys. Evans uh, made a lot of catches, but not really as many that seemed, um, you know, game changing. Yeah. What right. is it? Not like, game changing, like right? Right. Yeah. You know, they moved the changes a couple of times, but it was never in big moments. And I think Evans must have an issue there. I don't know what his deal is, but I like the pressure they got. Yeah. Well, he, I, he, he doesn't seem like him and Brady like each other. Like Evans always looks like he's got a pouty bitch face hey, going there, right? He's, you can rattle him. People get in his cage to fend He gets, you. he gets thrown off really quick. Yeah. And Brady doesn't like guys like that. He and he doesn't really go over the middle. You know, he never right. takes a shot. I think the their middle guy, the inside of the field guy, is really grunk. So losing him, they they almost didn't really seem to to go at that at all. Even right. um, some of Antonio Brown's routes were were like a inside out dig to an out, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it felt like we were kind of holding them in check as far as their big time plays. Godwin three for fifty five, Antonio Brown seven for sixty three, and Evan seven for seventy five. I mean. You get those guys to do that without any touchdowns. I feel like that's a win. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, defense you know, played game. well. Nineteen points. I mean, you 19 can't. Nineteen points. Right. Best offense in the league. You know, Fournette was running all over us, which continues to be an issue for our defense. The run game. I did like Lawrence Guy. I there was a couple plays though in the middle. He started to make. Uh, there was one where he just grabbed Fournette and held him so he couldn't go any further until Fournette took a shot. By I don't know. Might have been Adrian Phillips came in and cleaned it up. Um, don't forget. Also don't forget about rushed McCordy. Did you see that one of the probably first quarter? He just ran right through McCordy. I was like, ooh. Fournette. We're we gonna say oh, Sean. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was brutal. I was gonna don't say forget what. I was gonna say make sure you you give some respect to our best defensive player, Dietrich Wise. Oh my God, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, he, right. I mean, Chris hey, he he had a good. He had a much better game. He finally showed up. Chris Collinsworth has some kind of stock in PFF, <laughs> where, where if a guy gets like 70 ratings across the board, which is what Dietrich Wise has, if you look at just PFF, you would think he was our best defensive player. But he says he makes the he makes the big plays for the Patriots. And the first two games of the season, he, he didn't, didn't do anything. Have tackle. He didn't, he didn't have, have stat. Yeah, a stat. I mean, this guy is a slave to PFF. I mean, you got to take some things <laughs> into account, you know? Right. Uh, but I, I mean, overall, I thought our defense. You're starting to see these pieces come together. I mean, Duggar, I think, played well. Uh, Adrian Phillips continues to do well. J.C. Jackson is an absolute stud. Matt Judon is an absolute, is a, like, he's one a game of, wrecker. probably the, yeah, game wreck, game changer. He's, I mean, you could have call, called holding on him on every single play in the first half. Yeah, I got a. They were all over him. I have a confession about Matt Judon. Like, I thought he was just one of those Ravens product guys. Like that, I did those, too. I'm not going to lie. I, Paul I was... Kruger and Pernell McPhee and just these outside linebackers that they churn out of nowhere. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God. This, this guy's unstoppable. I mean, he is he's easily a Pro Bowl player right now. He's on, on the verge of being an all-pro player. He's the only guy that makes impact plays on this defense outside of J.C. Jackson. Consistently, it's all the time. Consistently, I mean, he's the type of guy where he, on running plays, he will stop his blocker and then run five yards downfield and make the tackle or ten yards of downfield. Like he doesn't stop, which is great. He's got a high intensity motor. Uh, you saw Godshaw's making steps. I really like what I'm seeing out of Barrymore. He's getting a really good push up front, and he, you know, the funny thing about him is he's such a big guy, but his frame looks like he's got a lot of weight he can put on. Yeah, like he's gonna be a moose within yeah, the, the next couple of years. The signs are there for him to develop into a very, very good NFL defensive tackle. I, I completely agree. Um, as for Judon, I mean, he does a lot of good things in the pass rush, but on the edge, sometimes the one knock I'll give on him is he loses the edge sometimes, and that happened sometimes, a couple yeah. times in this game where um, they got they got to the outside on him, and once you lose that edge, you're talking about a five to ten yard run minimum. Yeah, you know? and that. That does happen. I mean, it, it happens with Wise, too. Um, I was happy to see Uche get in there. He didn't really have that many impactful plays this game. Winovich has kind of just been, I don't know what his deal is. He's, he just, really a guy. Has, he's just a guy now. You he's know? just a guy, yeah. I don't know what happened to his pass rush. He's really, you know, that high-intensity motor isn't doing much. Uh, one guy that really stood out to me in not a great way is Van Noy. And he was oh. on, the, on the field for... 
I think it was every snap, right? Defensively? Yeah, not quite, but he had the most of any of the linebackers. Most of any of the front seven. I think we and... have a real problem with the speed of our linebackers. And he got exposed on, on a big play in the fourth quarter it Was that ended up in a pass interference. Yeah, dude, as soon as I saw that matchup, I was like, oh, my God, Brady's going to do it. And what did nope. Brady – Brady just throws it up. He doesn't even – it's not even – like a completable pass. He just knows that the guy's going to fuck it up. Yeah. And and he's really not making enough. I'm surprised he's on the field as much as he is. Maybe it's just a numbers game. Um, but I'm, you know, they're trying to get, I, I'd much rather have Uche on the field than him. I, I don't, I don't care if he knows that much more or whatever. Uche is faster. He looks stronger. He looks like he, he makes more impactful plays. Um, and you know, he gets exposed in the coverage, and he, he's not like he's not doing anything on the field where I'm like, oh my god, he has to be out there. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. why, which is why they're going to add another linebacker, Jamie Collins. Anyone? Jalen yeah. Smith. Hey, Bring I'll him in. I mean, you guys just told me Jalen Smith got released. I did not know that. I knew Jamie Collins was in talks with us already to be resigned after the Lions released him. Um, Could you imagine if Jamie Collins comes back, plays great, and gets a third big deal with another team? I would not be surprised. God bless him. God bless him, man. I mean, you look at what he does when he's in a Patriots uniform, and it just fits, you know. And it's like Hightower. Some of these, some of these guys. I mean, we have a combination of linebackers that we that we play on first and second down that are the slowest linebackers collectively in the NFL between Hightower, um, Van Noy, and uh, Bent and Bentley, who didn't play this game, but. I mean, if you could have some athleticism there. That's what I mean. Why, where's Uche? Well, Uche only plays in – he's got that Winovich, Michigan linebacker role. Pass rusher. Only, yeah, edge rusher on third down. I don't, I don't know why because he's got speed. It's like if you're going to have someone cover a running back, like I wouldn't want any running linebacker to do it. But if you have Uche out there, at least it's like, okay, he can catch up with the guy. Some people don't go backwards. It's, yeah, I mean, it's hard to teach a guy to go backwards. The other thing I'm, I'm really kind of looking for is for Kyle Duggar. I, I like Kyle Duggar a lot. I like the way he plays. It's time for him to start making some some big plays. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're yeah. just kind of missing. Every You see flashes, right? A tackle for a loss where he gets to the sideline and makes some kind of crazy open field tackle. He's just a hard hitter. Um, and even in coverage, too, he makes some decent plays. But I'm like you said, nothing great. I'm waiting, waiting for him to like force a fumble. Which, by the way, we have zero forced fumbles on the year. It's which terrible. Is, which is not good. Um, I just kind of want to see some more athleticism out there. And uh, Jalen Smith, sign me up. Yeah. Jamie Collins, that'll work too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was uh, with all those points of contention where there could be improvement. The the defense played really, really well. Uh, it's a difficult offense to defend. They were without some of their key players, which helped us. But one of the the uh, two more bright spots defensively. We haven't yet this year stopped the other team from scoring and just holding the ball in the fourth quarter and grinding us into a pulp. This time we did mm-hmm. force the field goal, even though it gave them the lead. It gave us the ball back with two minutes. We got that chance. Also, Buccaneers one for four in the red zone. We have not been a great red area defense so far this year. Hold them 25% conversions in this game against a really good offense with some tall solid weapons a great quarterback obviously and conversely shifting the conversation to the offense two for three in the red zone offensively we finally yep. had a plus 50 percent in the red zone this season mm-hmm. to the tight ends no less touchdowns i was yelling at them to take johnny smith out every single time i saw him on the field and he catches a touchdown <laughs> he had two good plays i was happy to see him kind of make um you know amends. make some big plays make amends everyone would call it because that dude needed something to kickstart his Patriots career because it has been a rough start. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty clear what the problem with our offense is right now, and it's the O-line and pass protection. Is the main um, thing. That, that's number one. Number one problem right now is Justin Heron playing. Um, he's allowed 13 pressures on the season. That's a lot. Um, Isaiah Wynn, conversely, our first-round pick. Also, the exact same amount of pressures. 13 pressures for your number one pick a couple of years ago. Um, Wenu had two holding calls in the same drive, uh, who's our best offensive lineman by all accounts. Um, and he had two holding calls. The second one, debatable. You could probably call that on every single play. 
Yeah, the second one was the one where he, you know, the rule of thumb that I've always heard was if you're grabbing outside the shoulder pads, if you're grabbing inside the shoulder pads, it's fine. That's what they teach you. Right. So I was a little surprised. And that's what he did on the second. The second one was literally he was grabbing the guy by the numbers and they called holding. It's like, okay, you know, yet yet on the outside, Judon's getting mauled every play and just the guy like ripped jersey on every play. And it's like, okay, but you're not calling that. So I don't know what's going on out there. Well, I'm okay with Anwenu and Mason right now. I think Andrews has been really not playing. Not himself. Not Not his standard. The, the outside is concerning, Wynn and Heron. And if you can get Trent Brown, and, and I'm shocked that he wasn't available again because um, I thought he was really going to play this game. If you can get him back, and especially next week, I would switch him to left tackle and, and have the blind side protected thoroughly. Yeah. You know Trent Brown's going to play well. And I would move Wynn to the other side because at this point you don't know what Isaiah Wynn you're getting. Yeah. Well, another uh, solution someone brought up, I can't remember who said it, but um, they were talking about having Trent Brown left tackle, but then swinging uh, a winner to right tackle where he excelled last year, which is actually a really good point. And then you would push win inside. I don't, I don't hate it. I like I don't, I don't, hate, that. I don't, I don't hate benching win for Karras. I, I don't know what I think he would be good, is. good on the inside. I, I, I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't be a fantastic guard. Right. But. You know, they, they got to do something because that's it. You know, like you said, I mean, how does anyone have the stats on how many times Mac Jones has been hit this year? Dude, it's you, a shitload. You guys are so doom and gloom. Mac Jones, his first primetime game in the NFL, and he was incredible. He outplayed the greatest of all time. He was really good, but he's Chandler. getting killed. Listen, he is. He I was great. Hit, he got hit. Well, Mac Jones, I'm, I'm fine with. I'm I, I said Mac Jones. Jones is not the problem with the offense. I know, right. but you, <laughs> you don't spend I mean, any got, time patting him on the back. I mean, that, that dude was blitzed all night, and he handled it like oh, a professional. I'm oh, very yes. happy with his production. I cannot say anything bad about Mac Jones right now. I mean, all right, okay, Sean wants us to pack on the compliments for Mac Jones right now. Let, we can, we can, we right. can give him a couple. All right, couple 19 completions in a row. That's what is that? The second best all time to like best. Tom Brady or. Is no, it, it, was, it was the best all-time for the past 30 years. I mean, how many times did he throw the ball? Will you have that number in 20? 40. Times. Okay, so really there were only two bad 40. throws all game. Uh, there was a scramble he to threw the right. 40. Jo- Myers threw it twice. Yeah, Jacoby was great. <laughs> yeah, Jaco- <laughs> that's a nice little weapon. Yeah. Um, really, the best compliment I can give him is nine, how, many th- how many throws you said, and then 40. only to really have two th- bad throws all night. One of which was a zero, which a, a blitz up the a gap again. Devin White unchecked. He throws off his back foot, kind of like a jump ball to Aguilar, in no man's land really. Um, that got picked by Winfield, and then there was one very very bad one, which was last drive. Field goal. We got a field goal on the drive. It was late in the fourth quarter. It put us up 17 to 16. It was a play right before that where I want to say he passed to Janu. He was rolling to his right and threw to his left. Almost yeah. blindly. I think it was Jacoby Myers on the receiving end. Okay. Well, it, it should have been a pick six. Yeah, it was bad. That's how bad it was. And you, you really, you're taught not to do that. And I see a lot of this going on in the NFL where, you, you know, guys are rolling right, throwing left. Uh, Mahomes does it all the time. And he, he does the, the fancy look away. And he doesn't even look at the guy he's throwing it to, to the left. Yeah. And it's just a bad play. There's, there's no reason for it, you know? Yeah. I mean, Mac. Oh, go for it. I was just going to add one more piece of detail in to highlight Max performance. Patriots running game, eight carries, negative one yard on the night. Yeah, you're, you usually get blown out Completely when that's the case. Um, I, I'll get to the running game in a sec. For Mac Jones, I've said it in the, uh, the last couple of weeks, and the thing that is the most, um, you know, the, the biggest thing to me for his, you know, growth and development is how he does stand in there. He gets... He will take a shot to throw the football. Like he will stand there, throw the football, knowing he very well he's about to get mauled, and it's fine. He gets right back up, he goes back in, and he'll take the shot again the next play. He's not one of these. I mean, we've seen it time and time again where these, you know, top quarterbacks or highly touted guys, whatever, they get hit bad in the next whole series or entire game or however long it takes. They are shaking in their boots and they don't want to get hit again. Yeah. 
for whatever reason, Mac Jones does not have that quality. He lacks the quality to care about protecting <laughs> his body or getting hit, which is, as a quarterback, I mean, Tom Brady, that's what made him so great. That's what makes some of these guys in the past so good is that they don't mind the pressure to the point where I think Tampa um, was blitzing with Todd Bowles. You know, defense is always known to blitz, and they blitzed him. I think it was like 50% of the snaps in the first half, and then they stopped because they realized he's eating them alive with the blitz. He yeah. was he was taking it and using it against them. There was sometimes there's free rushers coming at him, and he just sidesteps them. He doesn't crap his pants. Like, there's a couple bad sacks he takes. You know, he doesn't know, always step up in the pocket and always adjust, but uh, most of the time he does, which is very impressive for a rookie to be able to sidestep. Uh, the pressure step up in the pocket and throw it it's not perfect but pretty damn good and you know he's he's driving the ball down the field there's some long you know long completions he's making you know i think we said it after week one third and 12 i'm not scared yeah it's like okay we have a chance yeah i don't know if we're gonna get it but it's not like cam newton third and 12 was an immediate punt like might as well just punt it on third down i would like there's two things that i really want to see for his development and that is number one When he's under pressure, to not just get rid of the ball, but to step up in the pocket and feel the pressure. He doesn't step up like yeah, like Tom Brady did in his 2001-2000 season. Um, he needs to step up a little bit more. And the other thing is, feel the pressure. If you're going to move to your right or left and it's not there, don't take the sack. Throw yeah, the ball away. Throw it away. That's a big you one know, he's got to learn. Those two that... things will come with time. Exactly. Yeah. I think. Uh, but... I am a little bit worried. My and, and my main concern about Mac Jones right now is you cannot get hit 12 times in a game week to week over the course of a 17 game season. Yeah, you won't so last. You will. You will die. Yeah. Um, you will. You know. So, you know, what? he got sacked four times and knocked down 12. I think he got. I think he got hit 10 times last week. It's just not a recipe you want to expose a rookie quarterback to. Let's get this kid some protection and stop talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. Keep the running back in to do something. Get another lineman, uh, lineman in, max protect, whatever you got to do. You know what they really need to do is fire this Cole Popovich, with it, which they won't do midseason. The offensive line coach, I don't know what he's doing. He's he's uh, making them worse. Yeah. This offensive line is worse than last year. Every I player. I don't know who you can get in there, but there's got to be someone better than this guy. Um I don't know him. I don't know yeah. about him. I know, did he sit out last year because of COVID as a coach? I thought I heard that. I have um, no idea. But I, even even the things that weren't called, uh, Isaiah Wynn, false start on that gotta-have-it drive that didn't get called. Ooh, uh, yeah, I was lucky. Very lucky. And I just want to see some more consistency from this from this line, man, because it's and, – and that's the run game too, buddy. Like, you know. Four, I'm sorry. The run game they, sucked, and they didn't even try. They didn't try. Damian Harris had four try. carries to the point where they threw him the ball in the fourth, I think it was third or fourth quarter, second half somewhere, and he just started running over people because he didn't have the ball. And it was like, oh, why don't you get the ball in his fucking hands once or twice? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jason, on one of those guys are run-blocking guys. Like, I just don't see why we can't run the ball more. We, we give up – I feel our we give up on it too easily, and this is – Weeks on end now, where we've mm-hmm. we get a little uh, deficit, we're we're losing, and we totally abandon the run game. Yeah, and you know, it's just yeah. We I mean I, I I get why you know Tampa's a really good run defense, but you're right. We we abandon the run game like we're down fifty constantly, and it's like yeah. what the hell. And to me, Damian Harris is, is is arguably your best offensive player. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one thing I will give Mac too is. He really didn't play with a lot of the starters in preseason, so these first four weeks are really the only time in games that he's played with any of these guys. Like he didn't play, he wasn't really throwing the ball much to Aguilar in preseason games or these tight ends in preseason games. It was all, you know, that's all new for him. These first four games are almost, a, you know, a serious extension of the preseason because he just hasn't played with them in game time. Yep. He looks like he's he's built some good. Uh, Good connections with a lot of those guys, specifically Jacoby Myers. Kendrick Bourne, as of late, has really come on. Nelson Aguilar, I've been pleased with for a guy that we thought was only going to run deep 
he he's made some good catches underneath. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so offense has some work to do. They it's been promising. It'll continue to develop. They have talent on the offensive line. They just got to figure out how the pieces fit together and what strategy to use because they should be able to run the ball much more similar to, similarly to what they did last year. Um, with the skills that they have. Wow, we got like a tractor trailer running through this set. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That was, yeah. Sorry about that. That was just outside. Okay, before we move on from this game, <laughs> just got to ask. Fourth and three, 56-yard field goal, or do you go for it? The way In that the Mac Jones is completing rain. the ball. Oh, I would have gone for it 100%. That third and three play frustrates the hell out of me because Jacoby Myers was wide open on that slant route, and I think it was William Golston. It was one of their defensive linemen knocked it down. And I was like, he was going to get 15 yards on that play. I thought it was David. But, yeah, I thought it was – I wanted to say 60-40 I would have gone for it. Um, I could see why they did kick it. And, by the way, Folk had plenty of leg on that kick. Um it, I think it hit midway up the upright on the left, bounced away. Sometimes those go in, sometimes those go out. Um, I was surprised Folk got that much leg. I didn't know he had that in his bag. But to see the weather conditions, fourth and three, mm-hmm. I, I can understand why you don't have the most confidence in your offensive line or, or whoever to, you know, make a gotta-have-it play. Uh, the play before that, that ball that got knocked down, Jacoby Myers had like 20 yards of space. It was like a it was like a 25-yard play if they could have completed it. Um, we win the game if they complete that pass. We win the game if they could have done that. Um, Which pass? Say that again. The third and three pass that got knocked down going for Jacoby Myers, and then they kicked oh, the field goal God. the next play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't – I think that it, it puts you in the lead, and it's a scoring play, so I can kind of see Bill's idea uh, about it. And they, he was asked about not wanting to give the ball back to Tom Brady with a minute on the clock and two timeouts. Two timeouts is two timeouts in a minute for Tom Brady. We we all know we're Patriots fans. That's a century, um, especially with those receivers. Uh, you know, it's probably the wrong idea. Looking, I would have went for it, man. I would have went for it. Almost yeah, 100%. hindsight's twenty twenty. You you want to go for it, but if we got the lead there, are we saying the same thing? I don't. I don't know. You know. Yeah. It was just it's a fact that as a fifty six yarder in the pouring rain, it's like I'll take my chances anywhere else. Yeah. Plus, you still had, like you said, you still would have had a minute on the clock. So I don't, I was very surprised they put the kicker out. And then I was like, oh boy, here we go. So I get that it was probably something around along the lines that Bill didn't want to have to put the entire game on the kid's shoulders. So if they lost, it was like, okay, you couldn't complete a fourth down conversion. So we lost. So it's your fault. Right. And or but, something and along the lines of that. By the same token, from your perspective, they put the game on his shoulders the whole game. That's right? what I mean. It's not, it's not like so they I don't really football. get it. Like, you know? you know, statistically, a 56-yarder in the rain is pretty low. So I don't know what they were basing their decision on, but I would have went, went for it. He was inches. It was inches in it, so it was... And it was a really good kick. It looked like it was there the whole time, but still, I, I would have... You had time... You were in no real rush. You could have kicked him. I mean, it was fourth down, but the Bucks D was not playing very well at that point. We were driving on them. We had driven on them the last two drives, you know? Yeah, their corner situation was in absolute shambles. At that shambles, point. dude. They were slipping and sliding. The receivers couldn't the, – the cornerbacks couldn't even see what was going on yeah. with the rain. They had no – I mean, we scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I would have liked to let it ride, you know? I would have I gone for it, but – I'm, yeah, not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not a coach, so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a clear-cut right or wrong decision there. Probably lean towards go for it if for no other re- Well, I, I always thought Nick Folk was a 40 yards and in kicker, so 56 seemed like a real stretch. He showed that that was wrong. He had a big leg on that, that kick. Yeah. Honestly, could have made that from almost 60 the way he kicked it. Yeah. You know? But also on top of that, Collinsworth, I think, mentioned 10 times. He's like, well, Nick Folk's dealing with a hip issue. And I was like, oh, my God. Why is he saying that right now? <laughs> He's just building in the excuse. Uh, another and... thing we didn't mention real quick um, before we move on, just a little more about the running backs. Brandon Bolden, we know why he's getting time. I don't know why they can't ever put Damian in that, like, in that position to be more of a receiving back. I know he's not great against the blitz, but I'm sure that's something you can coach up. They had that great play, that trick play to Brandon Bolden on like a third and 18. He got 17 yards. I was really pissed that they called that on such a gotta have, like a, you know, such an un, 
likely play to convert? Like, why did they pull that out when they were like second and ten or second second and down? They would have got a big chunk on that. And also JJ Taylor, these these younger running backs that they were going to put so much stock into. Holy crap! Can they yeah. not uh, keep their hands on the football? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, we we got a little bit of fumbleitis on this team right now. Um, Get Stevenson uh, back in there. Give him another we, chance. Even Myers put put one on the ground earlier in the game. Um, we got a little bit of a problem there. We got a little bit lucky though because the pick and the fumble didn't actually result in points. Um, and, and and just to piggyback on the special teams that we were talking about, uh, very uncharacteristic penalty from Matthew Slater, uh, not mm-hmm. coming back into into play as early as possible, personal foul. Um, which, That's an interesting one. I you know I know the rule, but I. I'm curious to see how many times they actually call that. Yeah, yeah, I think that it was. It seemed very hazy because Belichick and Slater were arguing it. Like he does that all the time. Yeah, Uh, he did get pushed out of bounds. It looked like he maybe tried to get back in and and got maybe uh, walled off a little bit. Walled off, yes. And um, he came back in, and it was a big play because we would have got the ball back because he forced a fumble. Um, Instead, it was 15 yards the other way, and the the Bucks ended up getting the ball at their own 48, and then they scored a touchdown on that drive. Yeah. Uh, I believe that was the Ronald Jones um, rush to the right for like 12 yards. That was the the blown edge that no one had any I, – I don't know what happened to that edge on the touchdown run. That was atrocious. I think that was another Van Noy fuck-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, would, that ended up being a big play in the game, really. J.J. Taylor, we're lucky it was not costly because could have been. Yeah, he was promptly benched after that. Yeah. They're gonna have yeah. to to sure that up. Uh, Give Stevenson another chance. He's gonna have to be activated. He's been saying that for weeks. I don't know what's going on with the kid. He it's looked been, unbelievable. Yeah, it's Pretty been sweet. too long. Got to get him back out there. Any any time yeah. you have a game, I mean, we're we're digging into this play, that play, these aspects of the game. Two point game. We lost it by inches, arguably. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's you look at it, you go eight penalties for seventy seven yards. This happens, that happens, no tip ball. Things could have changed. At the end of the day, this team's one and three, and they just played one of the best teams in the NFL to nearly a draw. So you got to feel good about that, even if it the even if the result wasn't what we hoped it would be. Not mm-hmm. next week, we'll be traveling to Houston to play the exact opposite end of the NFL spectrum. The team that just lost to the Bills forty to nothing in a game that was unwatchable. Un. I, yeah unwatchable this this texans offense is abominable davis mills <laughs> looks horrific they had six first downs in the game almost all of them came in the fourth quarter team is Ooh. horrible right it's a horrible. team that's uh deprived of talent really which is kind of it's kind of surprising for a team that's always you know shitty i guess on the shittier end of, of the uh, of, of the spectrum that they don't have talent at at these premier positions, um, Brandon Cooks is really their best offensive player. Mark Ingram's there, and David Johnson are their running backs. Um, David Johnson's not the same David Johnson he was five years ago. Neither is Mark Ingram. Uh, their defense is like, was it Justin Reed? And like, it's just a bunch of guys that really have no business starting for an NFL team. Um, so that- offensively, they're bad. Defensively, they're bad. You would really expect to be two and three after this week you would you would, so. you would you would hope so but uh we just we lose this thing. game we're in some serious shit yeah i mean we win in a win on Wenu are now in covid protocol which is yeah they're, they're out for next week that's is that what that means yeah they can't play covid protocol right i, I assume they're it's, out it's i think it's a five-day minimum if you were a close contact so either way, they're not going to practice at all this. Week. And you know what that means for Belichick if you don't practice? Probably not. Pretty so much, don't play. You know. So I mean, so Karras takes one of them, and who the hell takes the other tackle? Is Kajus going to be back? Kajus should be activated at left tackle. Hopefully, Trent Brown's activated to play right tackle. Use Heron as the swing backup. Would be Durant. Would be horrible. Would be Durant and Karras. Yeah, if, if that would be that'd be bad. Brutal. If it was Durant, Karras, and and then. Heron on the other side. Holy crap. Wouldn't you hate to look back at this and say, I mean, I hate to say shit like this, but Mac Jones got injured playing behind that offensive line. That would just be. Yeah, like you, you would have to know at that point that something bad could happen. Um, I mean, we should, you know, I think it was Ted Johnson who said, it, like, you know, this 
the Bucks loss, it's a loss, but it's a momentum builder. You realize you can hang toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league, and he was talking about other times in the past where that's happened. And I'm hoping that's what this is. You know, you just hung toe, you just went round for round with the best in the league, Tom Brady, Super, uh, you know, Super Bowl champs, that whole thing. Now you're getting a team that's, as you guys just stated, horrible. Davis Mills throwing four interceptions. I mean, this is a great tune-up game to go out there, kick the crap out of someone, show that you belong. Yeah. And then you got a good team in Dallas next week that's not, you know, um, they're they're really good, but they're not unbeatable. They're they're uh, a reasonable team to play. And then I think the week after you got another got the Jets. fairly easy, the Jets. Uh, so yeah, so it's a momentum game to get things. I mean, through. you could all right. You got to win, beat one good team, and you are all of a sudden four and three. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Let's use this as a momentum builder. That that Texans team. I don't know what's going on with the coaching staff. The whole organization is held hostage. Who is their coach? Cully, David Cully. He was like a longtime assistant with Baltimore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's an old school guy that doesn't want to go for it ever. Uh, but the Deshaun Watson situation is holding everybody hostage down there. It's like <laughs> it's the only story going on. He's the. They only have two quarterbacks on their roster right now, and Deshaun Watson is one of them, and he hasn't been active for a single game this year. Are they going to go into this game and either activate him or sign another quarterback or not have a backup quarterback? I mean, it's totally in disarray just because of the uncertainty revolving around him. Um, uh, Doesn't it seem like trading Deshaun Watson and getting three first-round picks is the best thing that could happen for that franchise? I mean, that is just like... You you think they could still get that? You're like... Where are where are the picks? They traded all these picks away for Laramie Tunsil and and um, someone else, if I'm not mistaken. That they, they traded all these picks away for, and it's like, yeah, not looking where's good. Where's the talent? Yeah, without a doubt. So that that'll be a good matchup. I, I think the Patriots should have the upper hand, both offensively, defensively, special special teams, coaching wise. The only thing the Texans have going for them is they have nothing to lose, and they'll be playing at home, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and and yeah. by the way, it's not like a runaway game because I, I, I watch them play the Texans and the Bills are a very good team. There's no doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. When I watched them play, I'm sorry, the Panthers two weeks ago, they were playing so hard. Like they, they seemed motivated. All of them were playing their asses off. Bunch of no name guys just digging in there. And yeah, we're well, getting four beat out 40 to nothing could change that mentality pretty yeah, quick. Yeah. Yeah. You would hope so. Yeah, could break <laughs> it down. Okay, let's catch up on a couple of the games that happened this this past weekend. A bunch of teams got off the schneid, uh, ended their winless seasons. Jets, Giants, and Colts all get victories. Jets over the, the Titans, who had no wide receivers, completely injury-ravaged. Injury Zach Wilson was able to put together a couple of good plays. We forecasted that on the, the episode last week. We said, against this past defense, this is the time to get things going, and he was able to make a couple of connections. Yep. The, yep. the Giants beat the Saints in a, a pretty big up, upset, and the Colts go into Miami and beat the crap out of the Dolphins. So the Giants game, the Saints looked like world beaters last week. It was good to see that, well, it was also Not a little great. disheartening from the point that we should have beat kicked, them. they kicked the shit out of us, and the lowly Giants, with the worst offensive line ever, um, beat up on them. Beat up on them. Daniel Jones throws for 402 yards. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks fucking amazing in um overtime so that's that's nice to see because he's a player I, I really enjoy watching um miami's terrible um yep yeah so for us to be in last place in this division right now not great it it hurts because the jets and the dolphins i mean i i really feel we're better than both those teams um and we let one get away early in the season so granted the dolphins had Tua back then not saying he's incredible but Jacoby Brissett had like 80 yards passing through. He, yeah. he looks bad. He looks like he's not going to be on the roster at season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could do worse for a backup, though. Uh, 20 for 30, 199 yards and two touchdowns for a backup quarterback. How much know. of that? About two-thirds of that happened in the fourth quarter when well, the Colts were it? up by three touchdowns. Yeah. I, I got to confess, I didn't watch the full game of uh, Dolphins-Colts. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have better uses for your time. Yeah. Nice. The uh, the Browns and the Kevin Stefanski uh, rivalry rematch, whatever. He spent 14 years in Minnesota as a Vikings assistant. He brings his Browns team to Minnesota, gets the victory in a classic. Kirk Cousins scripts a touchdown to start the game and then puts up exactly zero points. 
after that opening yeah. drive, Stefanski gets a 14 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of that, I think, due to um, not only the Browns' defense, which is, which is I think, very strong defense, um, but the Browns' rushing attack to really keep them off the field. Um, 35 carries for 169 yards between Kareem Hunt and Chubb. Um, I mean, that'll keep you off the field. Those those two running backs, I mean, that's that's how you do it, right? Possession, mm-hmm. football, and defense. Yep. Uh, and to keep the, the Vikings, who have some talent, I mean, Jefferson and, and uh, Dalvin Cook off the field, holding to seven points. That's, the Browns are, are coming around on defense. Browns are pretty good. Between the Browns and the Bills, those might be the top two teams in the AFC with the way the Chiefs are playing right now, although the Chiefs did put up a 42 spot against the Eagles. Eagles team, yeah. not that good. Ooh, big whoop. They allowed 30 points to the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chiefs, Chief defense defense is non-existent. Not good. There's defense is terrible. There. Finally catching up with them. Yep. And then the the last game of this weekend, just to touch on Battle of the Unbeatens, Cardinals go into L.A. and take it to the Rams. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, Kyler looked unstoppable. For some reason, Aaron Donald didn't seem like he really showed up in that game. Maybe it was the game plan. Pretty sure he had zero zero tackles, zero anything. Yeah, he didn't do much. So the the Cardinals look good, and they're the last unbeaten team in the NFL. Go Cliff. Running game, Mm -hmm. too. Uh, Chase Edmonds, 12 12 carries for 120 yards. Do the math. That's 10 yards a carry. Um, James Conner, another 18 carries for 50. That rushing attack had over 200 yards. Um, they got some. They got real depth at receiver and tight end. Max Williams, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk. I mean, pick your poison with, with those guys. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways they can beat you. And Rondell Moore, on there. they're running Rondell Moore, too. They're not just passing to him. So. Good. Boys playmaker. Yeah. Dangerous. And then whatever Dangerous. you decide to do as a defense, Kyler Murray's just going to blow it up with his legs and yeah. ex- extend it and throw it deep, all that stuff. They did a good job on uh, Cooper Cup as well. They kind of held him in check. He's been unbelievable this year. Yeah, somebody was saying he might be a little banged up. And lucky him because the Rams get to go for another divisional battle coming up this this week. They actually have a Thursday night game in Seattle. That is a mf of a turnaround for the Rams. They got to face the, the Cardinals, and then turn around, travel to Seattle on a short week. Those games are always good, always, always good. Two years ago, these teams matched up in a classic Thursday night game where they were just, like, trading kicks at the very end, deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see that game, see if the Rams get back on track. Seattle beat the crap out of the Niners this weekend. I know Jimmy G got knocked out of that game, and Trey Lance came in and did effectively nothing outside of one long TD pass. Yeah. But, I set up a close game though. Twenty-eight, twenty-one was I, I think the final, right for Seattle. The, yeah, it was twenty-eight, fourteen for a while. There was garbage time team that got them to within one score. Uh, this the Rams Seahawks game. It's going to be tight, tight, tight. It just you never know if this is going to be a thirteen, ten game or going to be a thirty-five, thirty game with these teams. Yeah, yeah, a lot of talent both sides of the ball. Um, that division, holy shit, huh? Forty Niners Cardinals this weekend. I mean, it never stops. They're just anything they're doing. Any, with that division, it's just stacked. You know, it's 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 funny because you look around like, what is it, the AFC South? Holy shit! Not one of those teams would win a game. I mean, win a divisional game against you know, mm-hmm. it's just, I guess that that division. Um, that's I for me that's been the most fun division to watch all year. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. Loaded at the quarterback position out there, and then uh, two other games in the AFC this week. Potentially the four best teams in the AFC. The Browns are playing the Chargers, and the Bills are playing the Chiefs. I mean, those might be the four best teams in the AFC all matching up. And yeah, Browns Chargers for me is is a game I I need to watch that game. Oh my God, Bills Chiefs? You kidding? That game is incredible. Yeah, Bills Chiefs, but I, I'm I'm convinced that who's the kid for uh, that's coaching the, the Chargers right now? Staley. Staley. He's got these guys playing like their hats are on fire. Rashawn Slater looks like the best draft pick. Really, in the first round. I mean, who's playing better? Maybe Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Um, that team, they beat the Raiders, who've, who've been a fun team. But when you look at the level of talent on that San Diego team, and now they're finally cohesive, they're finally a, a unit that seems to like playing with each other, that's a team that I'm looking at the Chiefs, and I'm, and I'm thinking, you might not be the best team in your division. Yeah, especially with that defense. Justin Herbert, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, that dude, like, if you're going to sculpt a quarterback, it looks like that. The accuracy and the velocity on some of those last night, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, if you gave me a Madden fantasy draft and you gave me the first pick, 
I'm having a hard time thinking between Mahomes and Herbert. I, I, I don't know I, if I'd go that far yet. Maybe for Madden draft. Maybe I mean I'm just saying this kid Herbert is legitimate. He's, he's a player. Kid's a player. He's a legitimate franchise quarterback. I said the so, exact same thing watching it last night. I go, if you're starting a franchise right now and you get one draft pick, Mahomes is the only person you're taking. Over. He's the yeah. only one. I mean, unless you wanted to go defense, but like crazy. Maybe maybe Chase Young or someone like that. I don't. Maybe someday we'll have a Dolphins fan on and we could ask them about two of them. Yeah. That'd be fun. Maybe Mac. Maybe Mac in a year from now, huh? Yeah, right. Best Alabama quarterback in the NFL. Good deal. Not going not gonna to argue that. Uh, real quick, uh, before we, we get off or whatever, uh, Tom Brady, to uh, say kind of some of the things he said after the game that he, he was looking forward to coming back here after his career yeah. and, and um, kind of no ill will. Uh, it was all class after a week of a lot of shit talking. For all the bullshit they say on sports radio about how how toxic the relationship between Belichick and Brady was, I really think at least eighty percent of that is bullshit. Um, Belichick went in, talked to him for I guess what twenty minutes after the game. Yep. Um, there's a lot of good feeling there, and and I think he knows that. And I was very happy to see the Patriots fans. Give him, give him their due when he came out. And then give him a little but, boo. But then give him some shit because we're Patriots fans, not Buccaneers fans. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think they handled that perfectly. And you bring up a great point. At, at the end of the game when he had that on-field interview, it that those answers were like meaningful to me. When he yeah. was like, I'm, I'm, I'll be part of this community. You'll see me around here I'll, when the playing days are over. I'll be. And I was yeah. like, my God. Very I cool. I didn't realize how much I needed to hear that. Yeah, as a Patriots yeah. fan, I mean, it's great. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, it means a lot to me just to hear that, like, this community is still um, part of him, you know? Because yeah. I think we'll always be... He didn't leave us in the dust completely. He'll always be part of us, you know, 20 years of, you know, and I was saying this before the game to JJ, uh, you wake up on Patriots game day and you still have this feeling after 20 years that no matter what, um, no matter what the, the, the Vegas line says, you have a feeling that we're going to win. Yeah, that's you know, just left over from Tom Brady. You just yep. get yep, and that enduring picture at the end of the game when he was going, when he was exiting the field through the tunnel, and all the Patriots fans are dangling their number twelve Patriots jersey over the railing at him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, chills, yeah. chills. Pretty they cool. just came back again. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right, Very it cool. was it was a hell of a of a week of a game. Uh, it was an emotional ride. And I was kind of exhausted afterwards. I was like, holy, oh, yeah. holy cow, this has been... It felt like closure. It felt like a, a good amount of closure, you know? That's true. Yep. And on that note, we will bring some closure to this podcast. Thank you all for listening and uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully there's a bloodbath in Houston in the Patriots' favor. And mm-hmm. uh, we'll be back next week to recap everything. Yeah, absolutely. You guys take care. All right, see you all later. Adios. See you.